Arianism by Father John A. Hardin. Arianism, a 4th century heresy which denied the divinity of Jesus Christ. Its author was Arius, who lived from 256 to 336, a priest of Alexandria, who in 318 began to teach the doctrine which now bears his name. According to Arius, there are not three distinct persons in God, co-eternal and equal in all things, but only one person, the Father. The Son is only a creature made out of nothing like all other created beings. He may be called God, but only by an extension of language, as the first and greatest person chosen to be the divine intermediary in the creation and redemption of the world. In the Arian system, the Logos, or Word of God, the second person of the Trinity in Orthodox theology, is not internal. There was a time when he did not exist. Yet he is before all time and ages, which began only with the creation of the world. He is not a son by nature, but merely by grace and adoption. God adopted him in provision of his merits, since he might have sinned but did not. He was therefore sinless, not by necessity of nature, but simply as a matter of fact. If we call him God, it is only in the broad sense in which all the just of scripture are said to be divine. In a word, instead of being God, he is kind of a demiurge, a lesser God like the one posited by the earlier Gnostics, who advanced in virtue and merit, and thus became closely associated with the Father. But his nature is not on the same substance as the Father's. Arius did not say much about the Holy Spirit except to deny that he was God. In Arian terminology, the Spirit was produced immediately by the Logos, much as the Logos was directly produced by the Father. Boldly anti-Trinitarian, Arianism struck at the foundation of Orthodox Christianity by reducing the Incarnation, the union of divinity with humanity and Christ, to a figure of speech. If the Logos was created and not divine, God did not become man nor redeem the world and all the consequent mysteries of the faith are dissolved. A variety of factors conspired to produce Arianism. Philo-Judaeus among the Jewish Hellenists and Plotinists among the Neoplatonists contributed the theory of an, of an agglomerate of ideas as the first mediator between God and the world. Gnosticism furnished the notion of aeons or lesser deities. The ambiguity of certain fathers like Athenagoras Tatian, Tertullian, Novatian, and Lucian of Antioch suggested a kind of subordinationism, namely that the Son was less divine than the Father because he either did not come into being or at least was not perfect until the dawn of creation. Most directly, Arius was affected by the disciples of Paul of Samosota, bishop of Antioch, who denied the Trinity and claimed that, although divine wisdom abided in Christ to an eminent degree, he was not the incarnate Son of God. The Council of Nicaea was convoked in 325 to meet the Arian crisis. Since the signature lists are defective, the exact number of prelates who attended the council is not known. However, at least 220 bishops, mostly from the East, but also from Africa, Spain, Gaul, and Italy, signed the creed which affirmed the divinity of Christ and condemned Arius as a heretic. We believe the formula read in one God, the Father Almighty, creator of all things, visible and invisible and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the only begotten of the Father, that is, of the substance of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not created, consubstantial with the Father. The soul of the council was St. Athanasius, Bishop of Alexandria, whose resolute character and theological insight were the main obstacles to the triumph of Arianism in the East. Advisedly, the council used the phrase Son of God in place of Logos to avoid confusion. The, the words only begotten were further explained to mean that the word was not created from nothing, 
but possess the very nature and substance of the father. Condemned in exile to Illyricum, Arius was re rehabilitated after 330 by the Emperor Constantine, to whom he had given a vague profession of faith. But St. Athanasius refused to receive him. After the latter's exile, Arius tried, but still in vain, to return to his diocese. His followers obtained permission for him to work in Constantinople. He was about to make a triumphal entry when he suddenly died under circumstances which moved Athanasius to quote the fate of Judas Iscariot. Officially prescribed by Nicaea, Arianism next entered on its polemical phase. Different formulas of doctrine became current, generally ambiguous and susceptible of an orthodox interpretation, which the civil authorities frequently sanctioned and even imposed under heavy penalties of law. During this period of strife, the leading defender of Christian tradition was again St. Athanasius, who combated every compromise with the Orthodox faith and was exiled for his constancy no less than five times by four emperors, including Constantine. The Arians themselves broke into several factions. Strict Arians and Omeans claimed that the Son is unlike the Father. Semi-Arians said the Son is only similar, but not identical in the essence with the Father. Both forms persisted longer among the Goths than elsewhere. The Arian Ophilus, educated in Constantinople and consecrated bishop by Arius's friend, Eusebius, had organized missionary work among the Visigoths and made most of them Arians about the middle of the 4th century. After the Battle of Andronople, the great body of Visigoths settled within the empire where Arianism became the national religion of Visigoths, Ostrogoths, Burgundians, Suevi, Vandals, and Lombards. For almost two centuries, they kept it alive in the West. The heresy persisted in the Visigothic Kingdom of Spain until the Great Council at Toledo in 589. About the year 360, some Arian bishops began to teach that the Holy Spirit is not also divine. Named Macedonians, commonly but perhaps erroneously after Bishop Macedonius of Constantinople, and also Pinumaki, enemies of the Spirit, they were condemned in 381 by the Second Ecumenical Council at Constantinople, which reaffirmed the Nicene Creed and clearly defined the divinity of the Holy Spirit. Certain modern denominations have a logical relationship to meet, the, meet to the Arians, although not necessarily a linear de development from the ancient stock. Unitarians, anti-Trinitarians, and Socinians believe in the fatherhood of God, the brotherhood of man, the example of Jesus as a model of ethical perfection, and the salvation of mankind through an evolutionary process inherent in all things. Also in the Arian tradition are the rationalists when they deal with the person of Christ. Their system postulates the absolute rights of natural reason as the only source of religious truth. Consequently, they deny the divinity of Christ, except in Arius' sense of the most intimate to God, and for the same reason as Arius, because the Trinity and Incarnation are mysteries of faith to be accepted on the authority of God. Albigensianism by Father John A. Hardin Albigensianism, a Christian heresy prevalent in Western Europe, particularly in southern France and northern Italy during the 12th and 13th centuries. Adherents were variously called Albigenses from the city of Albi, where they flourished, or Cathari, Greek Catharos, pure, from the earlier Manichaean sect, which sought purification from bodily and material things. The Albigenses followed Manichaean dualism in its attempt to solve the problem of evil. They asserted the coexistence of two ultimate principles, a good deity, the God of the New Testament, 
who created spirit and light, and a bad deity, the god of the Old Testament, who created matter and darkness. Accordingly, they condemned marriage and the procreation of children as, de as demonic, yet concubinage was tolerated as less permanent than matrimony, and desertion of husband or wife was called praiseworthy. Although the good deity was said to have created angelic pillaged spirits, when they fell, the demon imprisoned them in bodies. Life on earth, therefore, is a punishment and the only hell that exists. However, the suffering is only temporary because all souls will eventually be saved. Like the Arians, the Albigenses claimed that Christ was merely a created being, who never really took on a human body and never actually died on the cross. In either case, he would have come under the control of the evil principle. His redemption gave us the only the example of a noble life and a moral lesson of his virtue. It did not achieve an objective remission of sin. Consistent with their dualism, the Albigenses commended liberation from the body, especially by suicide. Since begetting children meant to imprison their souls in a body, perpetual chastity was strongly encouraged. Believing in metamorphosis or transmigration of souls, they forbade the use of flesh meat and milk or other animal produce. Rejecting the authority of church and state, they appealed to the scriptures, mostly the New Testament because the old law was regarded as mainly a de demonic creation. The taking of oaths, war, and capital punishment were forbidden. The Albigenses distinguished between the perfect and mere believers. The former, a small minority, were held to the observances of the ancient Cathari. The consolamentum, or spiritual baptism through imposition of hands, which gave the right to preach the new religion, the aprilamentium, or public confession of sins, and endura, or starvation to death, in order to be freed from the flesh. Believers were affiliated to the sect only by the promise to receive consolamentum before they died. They often deferred this rite until shortly before death to avoid relapsing into sin. Adherents were organized under a hierarchy of bishops, chosen from the perfect, and deacons who were only believers. While exact figures are not available, it is certain that more than 1,000 cities and towns in France were influenced by Albigensianism at the close of the 12th century. Extant records of Neomanichaean condemnations in France go back to the Council of Orleans in 1022, followed in succession by the Council of Arras, Charreau, and Reims. Albigensianism as such was first condemned in the Council of Toulouse in 1119, then at Reims in 1148. Verona, 1184, and by the Third and Fourth General Councils of the Lateran in 1179 and 1215. Always the Cathari were denounced not only for doctrinal heresy, but as a menace to the family, state, and human society. Parallel with conciliar decrees, a general revival in morals under preachers like Saints Peter Nolasco and Bernard of Clairvaux helped to stem the Albigensian tide by removing one of its main grievances, the laxity of clergy and people. Since ignorance was at the root of the heresy, St. Dominic founded the Order of Preachers, the Dominicans, in 1216, to provide the faithful with regular instruction in Christian doctrine. It is not so difficult to explain why the heresy spread so rapidly and widely. The consolamentum was received by many of the believers in danger of death, and it ensured salvation. It was this privilege that attracted so many believers, the second category, and it was their great number that constituted the most dangerous element of the movement. Their only requirement was faith. For the rest, they were allowed to do as they pleased. While churchmen opposed Albigensianism on dogmatic grounds, civil authorities were active for political reasons in the use of physical repression, 
including the death penalty against individuals and military force against towns. The clergy supported these measures, but with reservations that need to be emphasized. Thus, according to Peter Cantor, Though Cathari have been divinely convicted by ordeal, they must not be punished by death. St. Bernard approved imprisonment, but only for the common good. Ecclesiastical legislation against the Albigenses marked the beginning of the medieval Inquisition, dating from the Third Lateran Council. That council had requested secular rulers to silence these disturbers of the public order, if necessary, by force. Nevertheless, it was the civil authorities who took the initiative in using coercive measures. The final and bloody stage of Catharism was a sequence of battles, often called the Albigensian Crusade, which took place from 1209 to 1228, notably at Beziers, Carcassonne, Lavaur, and Muret, under the councils of Toulouse and Simon de Montfort. Prior to this, in 1208, Innocent III had called for a crusade after a papal legate had been mur murdered by the sectarians. By the Treaty of Moreau in 1229, a large part of the Albigensian territory was ceded to the King of France. However, scattered remnants of the sect did not disappear until the end of the 14th century.